Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. The unfortunate few who are watching on YouTube, which we have two subscribers on by the way, we're just checking it up there for when we start to push it. That's good then. Because we've got a second one, that means we've doubled our fucking subscriber base <laughs> overnight. We can release a course, John, how to double yeah. your YouTube subscriber base overnight. Yeah, easy, easy, please, it's lemon squeeze it. But for the unfortunate ones, because this, no, the, the intros never end, end up on LinkedIn, so that's all right. The reason I am red and wet hair, just got out of the shower again, because I've done a, a day of hard labour, which is not my usual repertoire, is it, John? No, you don't normally do anything, to be honest. Post room. I'm post boy. I've embraced it now. As you can see, I've just got a white t-shirt on. It's from Marks and Spencer's. It was a fiver. I've given up with life. I need to take this off. Don't deserve this. You spend most of your time, apparently, fucking licking sellotape and getting it stuck to your face. (laughs) Either that or fucking getting sex, sex toys delivered. Sex toys delivered, which turns out to be potatoes. Sex potatoes. I told Sarah about that this morning on our morning walk. It's fucking hilarious. Go on. Tell the story now. You did it yesterday. What, on the podcast? Yeah. Didn't you? Did we? No, I didn't. You did. Did I? I think so. Feels like an eternity ago. Fucking hell, man. It's, you're the airhead around here, not Holly. John, I've done a day of manual labour, yeah? I'm, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to be a little bit airy today. And because it's okay. been a long day. It's time for a beer. I did a bit of manual labour. Fucking yeah. hell. I, I fucking pump iron every fucking day. Well, four days a week. Cool story, bro. Want a Blue Peter badge? Cheers. Aren't you a bit young for Look. Blue Peter? Do you remember Blue Peter? Of course. Look at this beer can. What is it? Apart from a beer can. Beaver Town Neck Oil Session IPA. You can't beat a bit of fucking beaver, can you? To be honest. <laughs> Love me some beaver. I used to work beaver with a girl. Wind. I used to lo- work with a girl. She was a Sikh and her name was Beaver. Beaver Singh. Really? Yeah, and I, I just couldn't stop laughing. You know, I was very politically incorrect. <laughs> But come Beaver on, if someone, if someone's got the name Beaver, you can't not laugh, can you? No, it'd be rude not to laugh. I think so. Because clearly yeah. the name's been given as a joke. So by not laughing, you're disrespecting her parents. Well, it's like if someone was called Mike Hunt, you know, you'd have to laugh at that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen the film Porkies? No. Fucking hell, man. It's it's basically slapstick. It's like, well, it's a notch up from slapstick. And it's fucking hilarious. I've been in tears at the fucking cinema with me and my mate, Tom. What's it called? Porkies. Porkies. I'll have to give it a go. It's an American uh, high school thing, but it's really is it funny. In colour? Oh, God, yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> but you got some bird walking around the car park going, is Mike Hunt here? Has anybody seen Mike Hunt? Is Mike Hunt in the car park? <laughs> oh, I love stupid humour like that. Oh, it's I've, really um, stupid. It's fucking I've recent, recently finished watching the American Office for the oh, second right. time. It's just stupid. It's just utter stupid and cringe. and Not funny. I just love it. 
Oh, right. Okay. It, I, I don't watch anything like that. I find it so funny. I, that, that's I found humor. over the years, the Americans fucking ruined perfectly good programs. I mean, the original Red Dwarf was hilarious. It was fucking brilliant. And one of the funniest characters was the cat. And one of the things that made the cat so funny was he was an incredibly vain male tomcat. So what do the Americans do? They cast the cat as a very clever and devious she-cat. Why would you do that? That's, that's like casting Hannibal Lecter as a fucking social worker. <laughs> no, it's just pointless. It's whoever fucking re- rewrote that script clearly did not fucking understand what was going on. Well, yeah, it wasn't because it was a cultural thing, but in which case you should have had a Brit do it. Yeah, it was just fucking stupid. Do you know what the in betweeners are? No, you've never seen the in betweeners. No, I don't watch fucking. How many times do I have to say it, Connor? You want to say it in French? He's, he, he he says sat there talking about other TV shows and films. Fuck off, mate. Just because it wasn't in Going the 1900s. Going back hundreds of years. Just because it wasn't in the 1900s, yeah. Going back hundreds of years. Fucking hell. Anyway, the point making is Inbetweeners is a UK cultural classic and uh, the Americans remade it and it is God fucking awful. But the American remake of The Office, they actually did it justice. Well, maybe that's just you thinks that because you're pretty fucking thick, aren't you? Perhaps. Perhaps it could be that. Anyway, what we're talking about today? Oh, you it reminds said. me. Did oh, you see on. what one of our one of our girls said in the uh, the group this morning? Uh, about she, basically, she put the prices up on the, her mentor her, on her own mentoring group. Someone came in late, and it's twenty quid a week, a twenty quid a month more now, and said, "Oh, it's gone up by twenty quid." And this woman wanted to just do what everyone else always does and say, "Oh, you can have it for the seventy-seven anyway." Yeah, she said, "Yeah." Afraid so. That's it. And the woman came back and joined anyway. I mean, that just happens. That's what happens. When someone yeah. questions your prices, they're not saying they don't want it. They're just saying, will you give it to me for less? And if you say no, the chances are probably eight times out of 10, they'll buy anyway. What they are not saying, categorically repeat, categorically to repeat myself, when they query your prices, they're not saying, I don't want this. They just want it for less. Or conversely, they want you to say, why should I pay that for it? Um, yeah. But yeah, she's, she's happy as a pig in shit. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. And the thing is, if she had given the discount, she would have compromised her own morals, her integrity. Yeah. She would have done a disservice to our, her other client. And to be perfectly honest, when you uh, when you let a client get a fast one like that in, from the get go, from like the first fucking interaction you have, or at that penultimate sales moment, sometimes you allow a potentially very good client to become a very very bad shit client yeah. because they've yeah. seen they can get a fast one. And all of a sudden they say, well, what else can I get away with? What a, what a terrible message you're sending as well. Yeah. This is my price, but you can have it for less. Yeah. I, was saying, yeah. I, remember what, I remember once I was shopping for some Christmas presents for Sarah, no, birthday presents for Sarah with my kids. I went into this shop and I just picked up this, this carved wooden Buddha. It's 50 quid. And the woman, I didn't even put it down or walk off. I was looking at it and the woman screamed across the shop, you can have it for 25. So I just looked at her, put it down and walked out because that completely devalued the whole experience. She, you know. She closed down not long after that. So hard I'm not surprised. Out. I'm not surprised. People don't realise if you're looking at that and you're holding it, you're like, yeah, it's got some weight to it. It's 50 quid. Must be of a decent quality. All right. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah, the minute they go, it's 25. You're thinking, this is a cheap piece of shit now. Why do yeah. I want this? Probably cost a fiver. And this is just some cheeky cunt trying to pull a fast one on me. And another guy um, in our group, he's, uh, what's he done? He's now taking 50% up front. Legend. Legend. People getting some good results then. Funny. I wonder why that is. It's almost like we know what we're talking about, mate. Almost. 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 They should be receiving their boxes today and or Monday. And if no one's said anything, 
think then they, they'll be arriving Monday. So these are the boxes you put together and infected yeah. with your fucking COVID-filled saliva. Did you rub? I bet you rubbed yeah. around your dick, didn't you, a little bit? Rubbed my dick? Yeah, well, you know, just fucking use your pre-cum to write your name oh, on the box. Oh, of, oh, of course. I used yeah, it as a bit of glue when I ran out of sellotape. <laughs> <laughs> it sticks to anyway, it, doesn't it? So, where I would start, we're talking about crap clients against them, aren't we? As I recall, crap clients, but more specifically, why you get them. So, people that go, Why do you get oh, Why have I got another crap client? Why is my life like this? Shut up and listen, because EBG is about to shit down your throat. Yeah, I'm going to tear your fucking metaphorical head off and proverbially shit down your neck. Listen, listen. The only reason, the only reason, as in the one reason, there is only one. One is the number of reasons there are you get bad clients is you essentially ask for them. You might not think you do, but you do. Because clients come to you, you know, they, they see you either on LinkedIn or Facebook or in the street or see your van at the side of the road or you see you working on someone's house, whatever. A client comes into contact with your business. There's always a first contact. And how you present yourself from that point on will have that client thinking, yes, let's find out more about this person maybe with the possibility of doing business or not, not interested. In that sense, you attract every single client you ever take on. You, in fact, you invite them into your life. And it's the same with anyone, you know, your circle of friends, your relationships, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and the people you hang out with on Tinder or Grindr or whatever your fucking predilection is, you associate with these people entirely and by choice. In fact, you associate with your family by choice. No one forces you, even with if you don't like your parents, you don't actually have to have anything to do with them. You just don't. I know that's socially unacceptable these days, especially with COVID and things, but it's true. If you have any contact with anyone, unless you're actually in prison and you're, the warder's coming in, you know, you, everyone you have dealings with is by your consent. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Even I, if you're in business, you don't want to speak to the tax man, you can get your lawyer to do it. So everyone you speak to is by choice. And, you know, take that to its extreme, like I say, you can get a lawyer to do everything for you. But in the mundane day to day, you get shitty clients because you attract them and you invite them into your business. And you're the one who says, yes, I'd like to do business with you. That's okay. If you take people on on the basis of, of not asking them the right questions to see if they're suitable and the kind of people you want to work with, well, that's on you. You know, it's no one else to fucking blame. Yeah, they're responsible for their behavior and how they treat you. But if you allow treatment to continue and shit, well, that's on you. Absolutely. So that, that's, that's why you get shit clients, because you ask for them. The message you put out into the universe, and that means in any, any metaphysical way, there's no woo here, but the message you put out there is what attracts people to you. Now, no one would ask me for a discount, not if they'd looked at any of my stuff or listened to me for more than five minutes, because you think there's no fucking point. Yep. It's just not, you know. In the same way as when I walk down the street, if I'm with Mrs. EBG, say, and walking down the street, I don't get any shit from anyone ever because they see me coming and the message I put out there, just for a look at me, is that I don't fuck about with him. Here is a man who's not a victim. Let's go and find someone else. I reckon they just don't see you, mate. <laughs> That's they, possible they, as well. Their eyelids just, eyesight just go straight <laughs> above you. Yeah. Must have feel sorry for me, you know? I'll tell you <laughs> what is, mate. <laughs> Your forehead bumps their knee. <laughs> this is true. Sarah's commented on this several times over the last 20 years we've been together, well, 18 has been together. It seems that when I say we go up to the local chip shop and you get groups of youths hanging around and I'll get out the Land Rover. I'm like, yeah, I'm not very big, but I'm fucking broad. And if I'm wearing like a muscle top, I'm fucking built. And I got the grey beard and things. And it's really funny. These young lads, most of them towering above me, they all try to catch my eye and get my acknowledgement. Like they do with the silverback, you know, that they, they want me to acknowledge them, the older male. They want respect from me. It's fucking pitiful, really. But it's true. You know, you can ask Sarah and that's how you speak to her. It's fucking true. And it happens with enough regularity for it to be a thing. 
Fair enough, mate. One day you'll be old enough and you'll have the gravitas to get that kind of reaction. I don't really want it from young boys, John. I get it from women and that's much more preferable. So you reckon. some uncouth youths. So you think. (laughs) Do you reckon they're not looking, John? Do you reckon they're not looking because you're wearing a fucking hat that says, this is what autism like and because Sarah's had to come around and get the step ladder out (laughs) It could be. It could be. (laughs) But your girlfriend's with you because she feels sorry for you. She told me that in bed the other night. Did she? She did, yeah. Well, I'm glad you looked yeah, Her voice was a bit muffled because I had my dick in her mouth, you know? S- send me the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you get shit clients because you ask for them. You might not think you do, but but you do. You know, if you don't do anything to make sure you get good clients, you'll get what comes. And if you get what comes, statistically, most people are not good clients for you. So on balance, if you just take what comes, you won't get the right people. This it's, it's fucking makes sense, you know? Of course it makes sense. It's why we talk about... Uh, <laughs> see, there's a theme of three with us, isn't there? Three's the magic number. Uh, triage. So this is why it's important to have triage. But you you say there's three very clearly defined, three steps to, to client hell, to having a hell of a client list yeah yeah and the first is you attract the wrong people and i've really got to fucking push this point because people don't seem to get it if you're in business you are marketing you might not do any you might not do it overtly you might not have a system in place you might know nothing about it but whatever you're doing that can be seen by anyone outside your business by prospective clients that's marketing that's what you're doing so if you're doing nothing then you'll get random results because it's just you know, what comes. And if you do nothing, you will tend to attract the wrong people because you'll get someone who says, oh, that guy's a bricklayer, electrician, plumber, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. I need something like that doing and I want it done cheap so I speak to him. Yeah, if you don't put some other element of value out there, you will get price buyers because that's the only thing common to everyone. Everyone who does your job charges a price, charges some money. And if you don't give another reason to distinguish between you and this other person, that's the only thing. It's the only common denominator. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's that's why it's so common. So the first thing is you attract the wrong people. You attract the wrong people by not going out of your way deliberately to attract the right ones. It's a shit. I know it's a shit, but it's true. If you are not discriminating about whom you attract, you'll just attract any fucking Tom, Dick and Harriet and you will pay the consequences. That's the first. Second thing is you then accept the wrong client. For a variety of reasons. One, because if you've got no system to attract them, you don't really understand that you can attract the right people. You tend to take what comes. And because you tend to take what comes and you then have bad experiences with clients, you will just take anything that comes, anyone that comes, because you need the work. You need the work because you're doing shitty work for shitty clients, low prices, so you're a busy fool. So you have to take work that comes because you need to keep the fucking wheels turning. You're on this mad hamster wheel. You can't stop earning money because you're earning such small profits from each job. You've got to keep busy. This is why this is what concerns me about this this current economy where the guys in the trades, you know, the guys we've been speaking to, that they're all busy, but it's shit work because people are yep. buying on price, as always. So you attract the wrong people and you accept the wrong people. And of course, the third thing is when they start fucking you about, you accept their behavior. You're sorry, you allow their behavior. You attract, you accept, and then you allow them to behave. And people will treat you how you allow them to. They will. And this goes for spouses, children, families. You know, if you don't set boundaries, people will just push and push and push and push. And sometimes, as we've had a conversation before about my ex, they won't respect boundaries at all. So you have to disconnect. Mm-hmm. To the point, sometimes you have to block people, literally, on social media. You know? And maybe even get a fucking court order to stop people harassing you. 
if they won't stop. But you do. But people will treat you how you allow them to. I mean, it's a difficult topic to talk about sometimes for some people because, you know, people will say, yeah, but, you know, for instance, you get a woman usually or a man living with a spouse who's abusing them. You know, it's very non-PC to say it, but they do have a choice. I know it's not a nice choice and I know they won't be fearful, but they still have a choice. You know, a man, a man who puts up with being beaten up by a woman or the reverse. Yeah, in the moment, there might be nothing you can do about it, especially if you're a woman because you are physically overwhelmed. But that, but once the moment has passed, there are things you can do. And often people won't do it. And, you know, I know there are edge cases where men will pursue women and then murder them in the fucking refuge. I know that happens. That is a shit. But the fact remains, that's a very rare occurrence. Most people who stay with abusive spouses do so by choice. And I, I've known people, men in particular, because obviously most of my friends are male, they've said they've stayed with in an unhappy marriage because they didn't want to pay the price, the cost of ending it. Well, that's a fucking choice. If that's the choice you've made, start fucking moaning about it and get on with it. Yeah, people fail to realise that these are choices. These aren't just, oh, because there's money involved, I have to stay. No, you don't. It's just a cost of leaving. There's a cost to every choice. It's an opportunity cost, a direct cost. There's always a fucking cost. And you always have to weigh the cost versus the benefit from every decision you're making. It's very fucking simple. I speak to um, my pals, males, uh, in jobs, obviously. And they'll say, oh, I'm feeling left out by co-workers. You know, they won't involve me in this decision making, even though... I should be because it's my job. They're just too pally-pally and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, of course there's something you can do about it. You can ask them, why am I being left out? You can ask to be included. You can kick off. You can leave your job. You can't just sit there and say there's nothing you can do about it. That's unacceptable. You can say, I don't want to cause a storm due to X, Y, and Z, and it sucks that I'm going to have to put up with this but I'm going to put up with it. For me, that's more acceptable than saying I haven't got a choice because they've made a choice to put up with it because they've done yeah. a cost-benefit analysis. Those that just say, I have no choice but to do it, hey, fuck off, no liar. Choice. Can't do anything else, but they say you can. You just don't want to. Yeah. You're not willing when, to. Yeah, it's when Chris, uh, clients, as well, well, they're not usually clients, but when people talk to us, usually inquiring about one of our services and they're talking about shit clients. So, well, well, we hope you get rid of your shit clients. Well, I can't get rid of my shit clients because... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, can, deal with your shit clients, but stop moaning about it. The thing is, we're not saying there's this magic pill. We're not saying, you know, we're not deluded saying life's easy. Just get rid of them. You know, wave your wand. We're saying make a choice. Don't wallow. Don't moan. If there's shit going on in your life, sometimes you do have to put up with that. But acknowledge you're making a choice to put up with it for this future benefit. Because if you choose to put up with something, there's always a benefit and a reason for you doing so. So don't moan about your shit clients if they're the ones keeping it over your head and you're not prepared to change them because you're scared about losing that roof over your head. Just tell yourself, I'm going to keep hold of these shit clients because they're keeping this roof over my head. But in the background, I'm going to work so fucking hard and as soon as i get that one client that is gonna pay for fucking 80 percent of these shit clients i'm gonna fire them all yeah yeah i mean it's like saying okay i'm gonna go and work in mcdonald's for six months then i'm gonna quit and in that six months i'm gonna set up my side hustle properly yeah it's not a fucking a lifetime career choice oh i can't got a friend because i got i've got a full-time job okay give it your job go to mcdonald's up some time yeah. and then do it it's a choice you- Always a choice. and the other thing is when, when people say you can't listen maybe you're in a fearful situation and maybe some people are in a really bad situation where they do genuinely fear for their lives the, the thing is those are very few edge cases those few outliers do not invalidate the principle at all no they, they just don't i mean it, it, it's it's like a straw man they'll take the most extreme case they can think of and then apply it across the board and of course that's stupid most people are 
unwilling to make the hard choices. So therefore, they, they do make a choice. They just choose to do nothing. Yeah. But if you do nothing, don't expect to get anything. That's people. Now, if you, what, what's the old saying? If you don't make your own plans, you'll be part of someone else's. Well, that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about here. You know, if you, if you won't set your own course, your own rules, your own and make positive choices in your own life, you're bound to be pushed from pillar to post by other people's choices who are not doing that. Yeah, yeah. You need to set your own plans. You need to give yourself your own light at the end of every dark tunnel. Yeah. It's these are things that are all personal responsibilities. You've got a friend who drove trucks for six months or something uh yeah. deliver, did a delivery round or delivery. Something. yeah that's right yeah. and that, now he's doing about 10k a month as a pt online using that money to fund his advertising and stuff and yeah. he did what he needed to do yeah, I, I didn't i never used it never drove a taxi but when i was kicking off my copywriting business 18 years ago i got myself a taxi license for ipswich so i could have driven a taxi if i wanted to I would have done, I don't give a shit, you know, I'd do anything to, to I used to work as a doorman to make some extra money. Um, oh, that was fun, but I wouldn't do it now, I'm a bit old for that. But I'm saying three things, you attract the wrong clients, or attract the wrong people, you accept the wrong clients, and you allow clients unacceptable behaviour. And of course, the thing that that all implies is, and this is really important as well, and it, it kind of carries on from what we're saying about choice. If you don't challenge unacceptable behaviour, if you don't have rules in place to stop the unacceptable to stop the unacceptable behavior and you don't have rules in you to stop people the wrong people coming into your business whatever happens when they're in there you're condoning it yeah yeah you're not just allowing it but by, by not speaking up against it you are condoning it you are complicit in it because it's, it's really nice. else, it may be we're not always saying this is the case but sometimes it may be the client doesn't realize their behavior is unacceptable to you if yeah, you don't, if you don't yeah. tell them that because you haven't set boundaries exactly well, how, how can you expect people... I mean, this is a really important point. How can you expect people to respect your boundaries if you've not told them what they are? Because in response to that, we'll say, well, everyone knows what the boundaries are. Do they? I don't. I'm autistic. There are a lot of boundaries that other people have that I don't know. So, I, I you know, unless you tell me what they are or I divine them in some way, okay, I, mean, I know it's wrong to touch people and stuff without their permission, but it's maybe some of the things I say. Often it's the things you Often say. Often the mate. things I say. <laughs> yeah, I will, you know... You, you cannot be rude or discourteous if you don't know what the rules are. And a lot of the yeah. time, I and other autistic people don't, especially autistic children and younger people. It's like you can't be called a cheat if you don't know the rules of the game. No, exactly. It's exactly the same. Yeah, so, so give your clients and by setting rules and boundaries. These rules, by setting these rules you, you, and having these boundaries and things, as we've said this so often before, your clients actually feel better. Mm -hmm. In the same way that dogs and children feel safe and secure when they know what the rules are. If your clients know they're not allowed to break boundaries. Uh, also, the people are afraid. I mean, for instance, what is wrong if, say, a client phones you at the weekend and you say, okay, I'm taking your call now, but please don't come at the weekends. It's, it's, that's breaking a boundary. I don't work at the weekends, so we'll, I've answered the phone now, but I'm not going to discuss the work. We'll talk about this on Monday. Most people won't do that because they feel uncomfortable. Nobody can possibly say that's rude. I don't see how they possibly could. Unless you've said... Rude. Unless you've said call me anytime you like, you know, then it cannot possibly be rude, I don't think, to say to someone, this is not an appropriate time to call me. Now, the easy way out of that is to say right up front, these are the appropriate times to call me. This is how the system works. Mm. You know? yeah. Have well, it, for that. it's as we say, every time you run into a situation you're unsure of or you don't like how it's going down, sit there and make a fucking rule and a process off the back of it to handle it. So you never have to deal with that discomfort or issue ever again. It's so fucking easy.
It is. You know, you should only get paid, not get paid or or get paid late once because you should then set a rule to make sure that never happens again in the process to make sure that never happens again. If someone calls you at an inconvenient time, make sure it never fucking happens again. These people that just sit there and they're passive, they just allow the shit waves to just roll over them. They go, oh, I'm drowning in the shit. You're fucking (laughs) over in the wave. Yeah, you say, well, you're drowning in the shit because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And rather than putting into place systems to fix it, you're on LinkedIn moaning about it. <laughs> I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Seriously. God, God. And, and, and the thing is, I know from experience that when we talk like this, there's a small number of people out there, a small but vocal minority, who get really fucking butthurt by it. Of course. Because they are professional fucking victims. They want to be seen to be hard done by and put upon. Well, I just don't give a shit. You know, I really fucking don't. I mean, it makes me laugh if people say, but you must care what I think because you've said you don't. Okay, so, you know, you're a paedophile then. No, of course I'm not. Well, you've just proved it, haven't you? <laughs> you know, you said you're not. How is it? It's like the one thing, the one thing that people will assume you mean the opposite by when you say, I actually don't give a shit about your opinion. It's that one thing. Anything else, people will just take your face value, but not that. I think it's an ego thing. They can't believe their opinion, that, that they are so insignificant, their opinion is worthless to you. Their ego won't allow them to. I agree. I do agree. And I like to think I am fairly mature for 24. I'm often told I'm wise beyond my years. So I try to have these conversations with people around my age. And I say to them, you know, just care less. They're like, what do you mean, care less? It doesn't matter, does it? So stop caring. What do you mean, stop caring? Well, now you're getting wound up because someone's telling you that you shouldn't care about this. So you really need to stop caring. Well, how do you stop caring? And it's like, well, Just let's separate care. the issue and the problem, look at it objectively, let's look at the negatives and let's just not care about it because it's not that bad. Let's focus on what we can do to make it better. Just don't care. But how? I feel angry. Oh, well, yeah, this is why people should practice stoicism. And when I say practice, I mean they should practice it in both ways. One, as in have it as a lifelong discipline and, and two actually sit down and do the exercise well, and when i say should i mean they would do well too and there's no there's no compulsion there obviously people don't want to do this entirely up to them i don't care <laughs> it's their fucking lives not mine anyway john i've got the million dollar question for you so we talk sure all, not- all of this shit about gone god so wouldn't that be nine nine seven dollar question because we were americans well in this case if you want to answer at the moment what's our price is 250 a month it's a 3k investment which we allow people to spread over a year there we go 3k and if if, if the cash flow is a bit tight you, you can pay it monthly so <laughs> the answer and, the you question don't, and you don't get a discount for paying it all in one go either but what you do get nope. is 200 pound for all the books <laughs> hey? brucey bonus Brucey bonus. You get a Brucey bonus of £200 Amazon voucher for the books that we recommend. Anyway, the million dollar question or the 3K a year question is uh, on the contrary. We Well, not on the contrary. We talk about all of these shit clients and what to do to avoid them. But on the contrary, how do we attract only the best clients? Well, I've got a very, I've got a, a young boy with a tight bottom as my business partner. <laughs> <laughs> And now I've got my daughter, pimping my daughter out as well. But it's easy, yeah, really. Let's, there's, get there's, your, uh, let's get Alfie. There's a fetish. Oh, yeah. For that I charge extra for Alfie because he's disabled too. You know? He's young. He's 18 years Alfie old, so he's legal now, but he's disabled. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you offline about it. It was fucking hilarious. Anyway, he is. He is. Oh, yeah. I'm watching my son. He's, he's got cerebral palsy, effectively. You know? Yet he still does martial art when he can actually get into training. 
all those people, oh, I can't try, I ain't got time to work out, I can't do it too hard. Like some fucking little spaz can do it, you can fucking do it, so stop fucking winning. <laughs> some little fucking gay spaz can do it. Remember <laughs> <laughs> when he took him time he says, uh, he sent me a Father's Day card, and he says, thanks, Dad, love you, best dad in the world, it's like a PS, I am gay. Uh, now tell me <laughs> something I didn't fucking know already, Alfred. <laughs> I mean, most people either think they can hide it, you know. My fucking gay diary is perfectly operational, thank you very much. <laughs> if you forgive the expression, it sticks out of the mile, isn't it? Yes. Anyway, how do you get the decent clients? Well, you know, it, it alludes, it refers back to what we were saying before about if you want to work with a certain type of person, and you do, you really do, you know, if you're sensible, then of course you have an avatar, that's what we call it, and you have an ideal client avatar. And like in my book, which is here for the more discerning listener, Grow Your Business Fast, The Quick, Dirty, and Uncensored Secrets to Extraordinary Business, Small Business Success Despite Recession, Bad Governments, and Tight Ask Banks. You can buy it on Amazon or just let me know and I'll send you a copy. Page in pages 143 to 145, as I recall, I have my avatar. Tasks, Chris and Alex. The ideal client I do want to work with, and the ideal, the non-ideal client I don't want to work with. They're a pen picture, and there are various ways of putting these together. But the, by far the easiest is to look back at the clients you've served in the past, the ones you really enjoyed working with, did good work, got a well-paid, good relationship, top twenty percent, eight to twenty classic, and just base your avatar on them. Don't just go for the money. You, know, you want to go for a good experience on both sides too. Well, that's your ideal av- avatar. It's simple. And if, you, if it's a new business and you don't have that information, well, then just think of the kind of person you want to work with. Maybe someone on TV, uh, you know, maybe I don't know, James Bond or maybe a, a character from a, a series you've seen or a film you've seen. doesn't matter. But you just have a picture of the kind of person you want to work with. And then once you know that, you've got three things. You've got, marketing can be defined as being the right message to the right person at the right time over the right medium. Right Now, the detailed client thing, the avatar, is the right person. That's the most important. Yeah. Really is. Even if you're your ideal client avatar because you're selling stuff, say, off of an e-commerce site, it's someone you don't like. Say you don't like engineers because they're boring and mostly autistic and you can't stand them because you're really empathetic and the rest of it. That's fine. Maybe shit. But that, that can still be your ideal client. You just make sure you don't actually interact with them at any point. You hire someone else to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. But once you know your ideal client, it's the most important thing. Who do you want to sell to? Once you've done that, well, then you'll know what to say to them because you know what their problem is. So you know what to say to them. You know whether to find them and you know how to find them. Until you know who you're speaking to and who your ideal client is, all those things are random. Because what happens is most people, not doesn't happen so much nowadays, I suppose, but it, what everybody does is just a different approach. In the good old days, people did their marketing by and they're advertising by, you know, the rep from the local paper or the, the yellow pages would knock on the door and say, we're doing a deal, we're selling, selling ad space at a discount. It's all made up, it's all bullshit. Rate card is, is meaningless. Um, and then this business owner would say, yeah, that sounds great. Get in front of 30,000 people, bound to make some sales. But if those 30,000 people are all vegetarians and you're selling fucking sausages, no matter how many of them there are, it's not a waste of time. Yeah? People yeah. put the cart before the horse, they choose the medium. They have no idea what their message is and they don't even know where their market is either. Well, the market, the person you're selling to is the most important thing because then you know, shit, I know what to say to these people to solve their problem. I know what language to use, what angle to take, what hooks to put in there. You'll also be able to find out where they are. Are they, can you reach, reach them by print? Can you reach them online? Can you reach them in the street? Can you reach them somewhere else? Can you do what my mate used to do and have a load of old people go to a, a hotel for a Sunday roast? free for them and then he would sell to them there he was doing reverse mortgages and things you know great way of selling to people you know then you know where to find them and of course that's 
once you know where to find them and what you're saying to them, you know what medium to use. Is it going to be online? Is it going to be print? Is it going to be standing in front of people? Is it going to be knocking on doors? Leaflets under fucking windscreen wipers? All these things work. Cold calling works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just saying, and this is what frustrates people, people on LinkedIn in particular. Yeah, cold calling is the best way to get business. If you're not doing cold calling, you are wasting your time doing anything else. You're missing out on opportunities. And they suddenly divine all these fucking deep psychological reasons you're not doing cold calling. How about this one? It's not efficient. It might be effective, but it's not efficient. I would much rather miss out on some sales and not do any cold calling and spare all that fucking time. Never mind the fact I don't want to do it because I don't like talking on the phone, but that's not the point. It's There are better ways, in my opinion, of getting in front of people in our business. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying it's the only way, and if you're not doing it, there's something wrong with you, is a classic case of someone who's got a fucking hammer and a nail, and that's the only thing they can do. Your problem is a fucking nail, and they're going to hammer it, because that's all they've got. It's prevalent on LinkedIn, isn't it? It's yeah, actually it's prevalent on LinkedIn with all of these sales coaches and whatnot, who are, they're always awful at sales. Well, some are very good. To to be fair, some of them are very good at. There's one in particular. His name is Benjamin something or another. He's a very good salesman. He's very good at cold calling. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be great at, say, copywriting or doing what we do when we sell because he's selling something different or he teaches people to sell things which can be sold efficiently, possibly and effectively by cold calling. Doing this kind of thing probably wouldn't be. And we've got better ways of doing it. And suggest that we're not doing it because we're afraid or timid or we've got some fucking big mindset problem. It's just ridiculous. Yes, I completely agree. What I was going to say is 95% of the people that contact me about cold calling are awful at it. Oh, God, yes. And they are merely playing a numbers game. And the ones on LinkedIn, especially, that connect with you straight away. Oh, no. Here's my number. Call me anytime. It'd be great if I could have your number. (laughs) Fuck off. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. But you're not getting it, you stupid cunt. You know, take me for dinner first. You know, just connect with me. Make me laugh. You know, then if you say, hey, do you want to find out how we boosted one, uh, boosted one client's uh, our, uh, profits one month by X, uh, X amount or whatever, I'll probably say yes to that. See what you got. Give you a chance. If you come in saying, I'd love to talk to you, weirdo, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> Are I you sure it's about how cold calling will boost your profits? No, <laughs> go away. <laughs> off you fuck. Off you You're fuck. You're a pest. I mean, I talk to you and you and Holly on a daily basis and that's about it. And I talk to Sarah, obviously, but I just don't talk. I don't want to talk to people. I'm quite happy not talking to them. I'd be, I'd be the fucking quintessential lighthouse keeper, me and my dog. Well, the thing is, we're not exactly cheap. Uh, we're, we're not cheap people either, John. If we want, want to do something, we yeah. talk about it. We Well, case example, we, you said, I want to do this thing. It's all about drawing circles. It's going to help sales. I said, yeah, sounds great. How much? Well, we're actually, we had a conversation, didn't we? We said we're willing to spend up to 20 grand on yeah. this circle drawing exercise. And it turned out to be 10. And we were like, yeah, let's do that. Oh, that was a great call, that was. <laughs> anything anything else you want to ask me? Yeah, how much is it? 10K. What? Dollars? Yeah, well, I can't pay her. <laughs> it was 10K dollars, so it was only like seven grand. Uh, yeah, it was seven, seven. Just under 8K. <laughs> and we so, were like, we'll do 20. It will hurt, but we'll do 20. <laughs> uh, great, wasn't it? So yeah, it's have a detailed client avatar and target everything you do. Do everything you do at that person. So your marketing, you know, your your message, your market. Well, that is your market, but your all your all your stuff, the medium, the message, where you send it, all that kind of thing. Dan Kennedy quite rightly says the quickest way to go broke in marketing, in direct mail in particular, is to send the same thing to everyone all the time, and that's what people do when they don't do any segmentation of any kind. Yeah, it's. 
inefficient. Most, and it's sad, most radio ads and... Oh, I don't. I, I, I cringe. I mean, I listen to a lot of music and SoundCloud and Spotify. I've got a paid Spotify thing so I don't get the ads. But for some reason, I, I don't understand how it works, but for some SoundCloud tracks, I get advertising. And it is pitiful. Yeah. It is pitiful. I'd be no more inclined to buy from any of these people, even if I'm in the market for it, than I would be to go and put my knob in the cheese fucking grater. Because it, it's just it's just cheesy. It's just... Oh. It's just fucking awful. I think Especially, they're being clever, corny, and you know, it's just fucking rubbish. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Especially in the current climate as well, where you know a lot, well, the majority of people are working from home. So, um, if anything, people are actually correctly segmented. So now's a good time to actually do some market research and do some proper effort into radio marketing if you've had returns from it in the past with a generic approach because you know radios are primarily played in shared office spaces throughout the day and now people are at home they're choosing their own radio stations so for example all of my friends uh if they're at the office it's just radio one because it it avoids argument it's just yeah it's awful but i'll get get a different reaction to that let me finish the story but now they're working from home Every single male I know that was in an office but is now working from home, they're listening to the radio, they're listening to talk sport because they're finally allowed to fucking choose. They just sit there happily and it's just talk sport all day, all day, all day. Yet the ads are the exact same now as it was before the pandemic a year ago. It's all targeted towards men in their their, their vans still, even though there's 100% a massive, massive surge of men working from home listening to it and it's all fucking screw fix and all of this and it's been like that all through the pandemic when uh, <laughs> they couldn't work the ads were still running it's like what the fuck is going on why am i listening for an ad for a place that isn't even open yeah <laughs> yeah there's that too oh it's... but yeah that, that's what i find frustrating is none of this stuff is very hard no it's common i mean I, I get that it's uncomfortable for people i understand that because it's new i see it you know, using the, I mean, I've gone on yoga a little bit at the moment because I've been, I'm just something I'm doing and it's fairly new to me. My very first thing doing yoga, listening to my iPhone and everything, what the fuck's he doing with his legs? How do you do that? It was, and, you know, you want, I wanted to cry and stop because I can't do it. <laughs> but, you know, six, well, no, probably two, three months down the line, I'm still pretty stiff and things, but at least I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm getting better at it. And I'm also objectively seeing the results in the gym. Less pain, better, more free movement. I'm actually stronger. I've been putting a fuck ton of weight on the bar and I've got better form for it. All because of the yoga. Well, if, if I'd have just said, well, I can't do yoga, so I'm not going to do it, I'd still be fucking stiff and painful. It's, but it's the same here. You know, when you first start doing this, you're going to sit down and look at how to do a client avatar. I don't know how to do a client avatar. Well, we've got free resources to help people do that. I mean, that fucking business accelerator I did, it took me 25 minutes to record it and probably an hour or two to do the PDFs. It's fucking, we could sell that for a thousand quid and they'd still be making money out of it. They yeah. would, but you know, they'd make a profit because it's fucking solid stuff. And it's about nail down your avatar, nail down the problem, nail down what you solve, how you solve it. It is uncomfortable. I know it is because you've never done it before. But once you've done it once or twice and you start seeing the results and you get the financial equivalent of a, of a heavier lift in the gym, you'll be thinking, fucking hell, I should have done this years ago. Yeah. And some people you die, well, no one else is doing it. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point, you fucking potato. People, people. Anyway, yeah. it's approaching the hour mark, the hour. I do believe. So I think it's a prime time for uh, the one minute hate. What is it today? Excuse me, I'm yawning. <laughs> I just cracked a, a beer while well, you were It's something up. that 
A mate of mine, he sent me a, he lives in South End and he sent, someone's been sticking posters up on the wall saying about don't live in fear. So, you know, hold hands, don't wear a mask and hug each other. Oh, so um, it's to do with COVID. Because being human is more important than living in fear. And the idea that living in fear, the idea that if you take sensible precautions not to pass on or catch COVID yourself is living in fear is so fucking stupid as to be beyond belief to me. Mm, so count me in, big boy. Self-preservation is fear. Anyway, one, two. Hey, Siri, set a timer for one minute. Go. Right, living in fear. Let's get this right. Taking sensible fucking precautions to stop the spread and you contracting a deadly disease is living in fear. So let's see. I bet the same fucking people who put that fucking notice on the wall, I bet the same people, when they stepped away from the curb and that lamppost, I bet they looked for cars coming the other way. Oh, they're living in fear of cars, are they? But they went home and checked before they went to bed, but maybe things were unplugged or maybe the smoke alarm was working. They're living in fear of big fire, big smoke. No, they're stupid fucking cunts who are, they're the ones who are living in fear. They're living in fear that they might actually have to do something and take responsibility for their own fucking actions. They want to be told what to do as long as it's something they approve of. These people, these people, they deserve to catch COVID and gasp their last in the fucking gutter because they are stupid beyond belief. You are not living in fear because you take sensible precautions which have been proven by science over the last fuck knows how many years to be effective. Washing your hands, wearing a mask and avoiding people. Stop. I agree with every word. Honestly. And on that note, wash your hands. <laughs> Stay inside. <laughs> Stay safe. Right. So next week we have got the event. Well, if this would... will be coming out on the Monday. So if you've if you're listening to this and you're not joined in foundations, it's too late for you to join us. Well, you know, you can join us in foundations and you get to come to Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. No, you won't. Well, you might do anyway. But anyway, you've you missed Tuesday. Today, so tough fucking titty. But <laughs> join us anyway because the recordings will be up. And the stuff we do, as is proven every day from the fucking comments people make, our shit works. So if you want to make more money with less work, less hassle and fewer headaches by attracting better clients with your avatar, selling to them at higher prices with your marketing, and have it all happen behind the scenes in a great big turgid, erect and moist pipeline, is all your marketing basically, then go to ottcollective.co.uk and join the Facebook group. Or if your need is urgent and you really want to get a fucking stellar march on this, email holly, holly, H-O-L-L-Y, at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, don't live in fear, and please don't shit on your fingers. See you later, sir. But for now.